Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today is the continuation of a conversation that Jerry and I started last week. We are going to be talking about social change through personal transformation. This is the concept of how you can change the world around you, your relationships, your family, the wider community, stretching out into the greater world around you simply by your own journey towards trying to awaken a deeper sense of self, a deeper sense of awareness and a deeper sense of purpose. We'll also be talking about our experience with the Institute of HeartMath, Jerry's certification as an instructor for the past six years, how that journey has deeply impacted and changed our relationship together and our individual journeys. We'll also be relating that concept to Jerry's idea of the space in between the notes, that moment between stimulus and response, in which you as the individual have the opportunity to choose your outcome. And we'll dive deeper into that, digging into the concepts of Newtonian intuition and quantum intuition, and some of the philosophy around humans' ability to influence the world around them. Finally, we'll be talking about the regimen, a weekly discipline that I'm engaging in for the next 12 weeks, and you're welcome to follow me. I want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find us at Plowline on all of those mediums. Today's podcast is sponsored to you by Co3 Consulting. Co3 Consulting helps you and your organizations dive deeper into interpersonal relationships and how they can affect the bottom line and the overall health and culture of any organization. Co3 Consulting offers resilience training, bias awareness training, multicultural perspectives, cultural healing, all designed in order to help your organization deepen and develop healthier outcome and culture. Without further ado, let's get started as we jump into our conversation about personal transformation and the power it has to change the world. My fellow beings. <laughs> try, try not to sound like a, um, a cult leader um, in, uh, on, when you're on the mic. Okay, let's try. Um, oh my gosh, you actually have to try. Good morning. Nope, still sound like a cult leader. What then? You know what? It's like, yo, what's up? <laughs> That's what. <laughs> what's up? What's up, Seattle? <laughs> Yeah, that's not Is that bad. better? Is yeah. that better? Okay. Yeah, that's like uh that's like that sounds like morning radio. <laughs> like All if right. we were if we were morning radio DJs. But we were morning radio DJs that were um woke uh to feminism, you know. So like I, I wouldn't overpower you, so I'd turn my mic down, which I already did. Right. 
as low as I can get it. You know that's cool though. At least you, at least you, uh, at least you know that. Yeah, because I'm a woke you, feminist. You're you're woke. Fe- you're woke feminist. I am definitely not a woke feminist. I'm I'm absolutely cutting this part out. You know here. <clears throat> here's the thing though about about people uh, talking about being woke. I I think you are. I think I mean just as this is just for me. I don't think I'll ever get to that place where I feel like I'm fully woke because I feel if I say that I'm fully woke, that means that everything I see, I I see all and I don't, I don't see all yet, you know? And so when people talk about being woke, I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. Do you think you can get to a place where you see all in this life? Um, I think, I think when we get to that point, it's when it's time for us to exit this realm. Yeah, that's the story, you know, of enlightenment and, and the Buddha, right? You know, and maybe the transfiguration um, of Christ and they, they transcended. Transcended, yeah. yep. Yeah, yep. I, I, don't, I don't feel like, uh, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, here's the interesting thing. I don't feel like, uh, like I'm going to reach a point in this lifetime where I'm going to be like, okay, I'm ready to transfigure. I'm ready to, I'm ready to, uh, I don't think, I don't think it's up to us either. Well, I don't think it's up to us either. Um, you know, I think it's the path, but it's also the choices you make at the same time. There's part of me that, that thinks, well, just by saying that, right. Just by saying, um, I don't think I could get woke in this, you know, like that woke in, in this lifetime. I don't want to use the word woke. <laughs> You started it. Yeah, I did. I don't want to use the word woke. <laughs> no, 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 no. Woke is so yeah. lame. Let, okay, you know what? Let's just let's just kind of like change the subjects because I think I think talking about being woke and um, all these other things maybe it's maybe it's just us trying to reflect. You know, working towards reflection, self reflection. Because I know I've been doing. I, I I'm always in self reflection. Yeah, you're constantly in self reflection. <laughs> I'm always in self-reflection, but I was just thinking about, you know, it's like, um, I was thinking about this past year, like it's, uh, it's March, mm-hmm. it's March. The last time that we, we did a podcast was almost a year ago. Yeah, it was, it was, almost well, it was, it was over a year ago because it was Martin Luther King. It was Martin Luther King day, wasn't it? I thought when? the first one we ever did was, was, um. Was Martin Luther King's Maybe birthday. I don't know. I we'll have to go back and check. But it's been um it's been a it's been a year, and there's so much that has happened in a year. Yeah. Oh my gosh, a lot. And you know, I mean, and here's the thing, right? It's like sometimes I freak out about wow, so much has happened in a year, and then I have to stop and think. Wait, hold up. This is the fruits of the labor. <laughs> These are the fruits. We're finally seeing the fruits of our labor. Yeah. And yeah. it was a it was um and it was not easy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't. So It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. A lot of work, a lot of um a lot of challenges, a lot of joys, a lot of learning, a lot of unlearning, a lot of letting go. Just a lot. I mean, I think I think um you know, every time when, when I when I do my presentation on Aloha and I talk about how, you know, through breath, you know, it's like um, 
stopping and pausing and and you know checking out what is um being aware and observing your body i think uh i think this past year i've i had the uh, maturity to actually look at my lessons the competency part of it and learn those lessons that i was talking about the humility part of it and it was um it was quite the journey it was quite the journey grab, grab the mic and just what? bring it and just bring the mic to you because you you're moving yourself up to the mic and so then you get a little and? well your body gets fatigued leaning forward and so you lean back and Oh, Just like this? Mic to you. When yeah. I do this, like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> yep, like that. <laughs> Going back and forth. I'm just rocking. Yep, you are. <laughs> Comforting yourself with rocking. Yep, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, what we were going to talk about. Social, so, tra- social change through personal transformation. Yeah, social change through personal transformation. So mm-hmm. what, what does that look like? What does that look like? Yeah. What does that look like? Um, well, I think it's when we, when we see ourselves as part of the bigger system and we see our um, interconnectedness, our responsibility and our accountability to being part of that system, then the way we, leave, we live our lives and the choices that we make um, I think we take we 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 take time to make those choices and we think about the effects that it would have on the whole system. And so whatever we choose we we just kind of like make sure that it's not going to harm anybody else. If it's, you know, it's not going to harm us, it's not going to harm anyone else. It's oh, that's Let's break that down just a little bit. It's like what Chief Seattle says, right? What you do to the web, you do to everything else. Yeah. Um, allegedly said. Um, allegedly. Because yeah. I probably messed that shit up. No. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Let's break that down a little bit. Tell me what a system is. What a system is? Yeah, define a system. <clears throat> oh, jeez. I would say... Um, to what level, to what degree do we, because we're all part of a system. <clears throat> our, the way that our body operates and, you know, I mean, the way that our body operates is a system. You know, it's like cells upon cells and, you know, and then the connection to oxygen and everything else outside of that, which is that system. And then how we take care of it and the effects of that and the policies and the practices and all of those that goes into taking care of the system. So then that way we can take care of us. So that way our system run is, is thriving. Explain the connection of those things. We are all connected. We are all connected. Yeah. Go deeper. Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to adjust myself for this kind of conversation. Yeah, Get comfortable. So, if we start off at the cellular level, and go away, go away. Daenerys. Sorry, it's like we have our, our dog, Daenerys Targaryen. She is a um, Belgian Malinois, and she is such a needy dog. 
She likes to be in. She likes to uh, join us on a lot of different things. When we hug, when we kiss, when we do podcasting. I don't think she's needy. I just think that she's uh, she's got an expectation, <laughs> and that expectation is I I should be involved in this. I should be. In, oh oh, we're kissing. I should be involved in that. Oh, we're we're cuddling. I should be involved in that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We're going to bed. Oh, I should be involved in that. Yeah. Or. You know, very often she will want to go to bed and uh, we won't be. And she'll just stand there staring at us, <laughs> making little noises. Just not yep. sit, not lay down, stand there. Yep. With her tail pointed towards <laughs> the bedroom. We're going, we're going to bed now. She's, uh, yeah, she's, she's awesome. Anyway, so. Define. Systems. Yeah. Systems. I don't know how to, I don't know. I, I think it's more, I, I'm not defining it. I think I'm describing it. Mm. I think I'm describing what a system is and the interconnectedness between all of that. Right. And you were going to talk about how, right? Like we can say, you know, we're all com- connected, but how? How are we right. all connected? <clears throat> so if, we, if, if the air that we're breathing, so let's just start there. If the air that we're breathing is not, is not clean air or the water that we're drinking is not clean water, what does that do to our body when we consume that? It harms us. It harms us. It breaks things down. Our, it breaks down our immune system. It can make us really, really sick. That's water that we consumed. That's air that we breathe that made us sick. So if we go backwards, if we don't want to be sick, then we should have clean air. We should have clean water. That's the access to that, right? Yeah, and the and the the underlying assumption in that uh, in that statement is um, that our air is not clean and our food is not clean. Well, for us who are privileged. To be able to actually live in a place where we have clean water and clean air. Not everybody has clean water and clean air because of what we do as consumers, as people. I mean, it's like we're the ones that's destroying the planet, but we place ourselves, positionality, we place ourselves, we position ourselves to where we're not going to have the um, adverse effects of our actions. Other people will have the adverse effects so of you, that you are using um you're using language here. yes um so you you talked about privilege and you talked about positionality yep and this language is emerging language that's coming out of um out of inclusive movements right and uh you're now using them to describe the whole concept of of how we relate within systems yes. utilizing the yes. um you know, the, our, our world, our environment, right. Um, as one system and how we, as another system cells and yes. organs and yes. atoms interact with it. Right. Um, so basically what you're using is you're using language that is used to talk about racism and you're now applying that language, um, in a conversation about environment. Because it all connects. It all connects. So if here, here we are in the place of um, privilege and positionality, we've got the privilege to have clean water and clean air. 
and we position ourselves to where we're not going to have the adverse effects of our actions. And then we have to look at the fact that, okay, so we have clean air, we have clean water. How do we, why is it that we have clean water and clean air? You know, it's like who's putting the policies and practices in place in regards to where people are building, where people are um, traveling to, the amount of resources that are extracted, who's doing all of that? And when we extract things, you know, it's like, for example, you know, cutting down the, cutting down the, uh, the Amazon forest and burning things down and cutting our trees down and everything like that. It's like, because so that way we can have paper, so we can have toilet paper, so we can have all of these things. And then we, we look at the fact like, okay, well, um, the process and how we actually reproduce those things causes a lot of, of, um, toxins, right? It's like they, they use a lot of chemicals in order to do that. And everything rose downstream, everything rose downstream. And then who's downstream? Fuck, we're not, we're not down there. Do we ever step back and say, who's downstream? What waters are we poisoning? What are we doing? And then we look and we see, we see these indigenous people, right? We see indigenous and black people living in the poorest, poorest places where we're not giving them any access, but we don't give a fuck because it ain't affecting us anyway. So why should we care? Roger was saying, um, uh, a friend of ours, Native American storyteller. Roger Fernandez, you can say his name. Um, you can also listen to a couple of great podcasts with him. The very first one from last season um, is a good one. Uh, he used to tell a story about how um, how the people mistreated um, the salmon people for a time. And the salmon people retreated. They, they, they stopped feeding the people. And it was only through the restoration of um, the river that the people were able to coax the salmon people back into peace, into a treaty, you know, into, into, into relationship. And the underlying point to that in reference to what you're saying is that um, the people downstream aren't necessarily human people, right? I mean, they could be whale people and salmon people. It goes out, it, it goes out into our rivers. It goes out, and then that's another system, right? That's our ecosystem. And then it's like as, as all the poison are going down, besides, besides the polluted air and the, um, and the, uh, you know, the, the unclean water, it's like what lives within that? What lives in those waters? It lives, you know, it's like fish lives in those waters. A salmon lives in the water. It goes out into the ocean. That's where the whales are. And then it disrupts that ecosystem. And if that ecosystem is being disrupted, then it also disrupts weather. It disrupts the, the, the air around the ocean. And it's like we're all connected. Is it connected. logical um, to think that through technology, we can find our way around the loss of those systems? I'm sure. I mean, I'm not an ex- expert in technology, but I'm sure we can find ways. We found all kinds of other ways. If we if we could find ways to destroy the planet, shit, we could find ways to restore it as well, too. Oh, you're using an opposite argument. You're using you're using and I agree with that argument. You're using the, you're bringing up the point. If we could engineer our way towards destroying the earth, we could engineer our way towards healing the earth. Absolutely. What I'm saying is, is if we destroy the salmon people and the whale people and the ocean 
you know, and everything in the ocean. Can we find technologies that would just allow us to kind of box out that natural system within our world and, and oh, and recreate sur- things and make and things we can up just survive. and have and we'll, then... we'll just survive with without that. You know, I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could figure figure out a way to have synthetic oxygen blowing, you know, into this box that we all live in, and yeah, how what would be the quality of life of that? Oh my gosh! I mean, it become the norm generation after generation. It become the norm, right? And right. You you would talk about the legend of, and we would of, talk of, about uh, the legend of not living within these walls and all of this other kind of stuff, and it'll just be either myth or this just a story that some you know, crazy old person made up or whatever it is, but our, but the next following generations living in a box and breathing synthetic air is something that's going to be normal. Their cells are going to react to that. They're going to adapt to that. They're going to learn how to do everything in, in a uh, synthetic world. Yeah. There's, there's a consequence to that, that we don't really take into consideration. And that's that, you know, the human genome would change. It would have to change. It would have to adapt to that environment. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we would no longer be human. Like we would evolve into something else. If we started living underground, you know, within a couple generations, things are going to change. You know, it's not going to be, it wouldn't be some, you know, romanticized idea of of the glowing city on, um, you know, underneath the earth that humanity has survived seven generations in. Right, right. You know, like. Um, if we can come up with a fuel that can fuel a city under the under the earth for seven generations, um, and uh, we can come up with a fuel that can do it on the surface of the earth, and it sounds like it's probably a fuel that doesn't emit a lot of garbage. Point being, that's all fantasy. That's all bullshit. I I contend that there's no way we can rebuild that system. There's no way we can rebuild that system. We could build a workaround, but we could never rebuild that system. Oh, I don't think we could. I don't think we could rebuild the system that we have right now. But again, we could we could have it to where it's, you know, make believe, yeah. right? Make believe. I mean, come on. Look at Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek has like tons of different Star Trek is different. <laughs> I would, I would appreciate it. Start, here, the beauty of Star Trek is this. Mankind finds a way in order to come together, and they come together um, basically around an energy source. They come together around an energy source that's coming out of, out of subspace out of, or out of, out of space time, and they use it to power um, their ships. They use it to power their cities. They use it to power everything. And because it's an infinite, clean wealth of, of energy that's coming no longer harming the earth and it's and 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 we're no longer harming there's no need for money money goes away the the star trek universe has no money um you know that's the whole premise mankind can then you know achieve great things and 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 uh humans are are now free you know the problem is or at least what people think the problem is is if we did have that kind of energy what we'd end up using it for is to blow up the moon right just to see if we could do right. it right exactly <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I, I don't I don't think that um, we're in a place I would say, you know, our society, especially we're not in a place where we can make the kind of decisions where we can really live out the concept of do no harm. Yeah, I don't think do I don't no think harm, we period. are right. We, we are not to the place right now as a as a human species where we can, you know, say we'll do no harm. And a huge part of that has to do with the fact that we're seven and a half billion people living on this planet, consuming massive resources. 
we're know, doing harm right now. We're doing harm. We're doing mm-hmm. harm just by talking in these microphones. Right. Right. Like this life that we are living is doing harm. Yeah. And so and so the technology that would blow us up. Well, I guess if we do it, if we do blow ourselves up, we kind of fucking deserve it. <laughs> you know, yes. like it is literally yeah. the technology that could propel us out into the stars that that could uh, that could give every man, woman and child the ability to 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 achieve great things that could change the way our entire thinking around a system changes because energy is the key. Money um, is the glue, um, whether you have it or not. It's the glue. It all depends on first. Energy is the key. So first you have to you have to determine what kind of energy system you're going to use as a species. We've chosen to blow shit up. That's our energy system, right? You know, gasoline can bust and, you know, our, our whole thing is about explosions. We extract it by blowing it out of the ground. Um, so Okay, so I have a question for you. Yeah. I have a question for you. So if you believe that um, talking, talking in these mics, we're doing harm, and I, and I get it, I understand that, that we're doing harm right now. That if, you know, if there's an energy source that's just going to come and blow us all up, then, then um, we deserve it. What's the purpose of this podcast? Uh, we could also do something different with that power source, right? Mm-hmm. Like we could, we would deserve, if that, if that power source came to us and, and we blew ourselves up, we would deserve that because we chose to do it. But if that power source came to us and we chose to do something different with it, that could propel us to new things. But it, everything would have to change. Everything would have to change. Mm-hmm. Power dynamics would have to change. Mm-hmm. You know, the class system would have to change. The, um, the racial system would have to change. It would all have to change. We would act, literally have to see each other and ourselves as, as human beings, period. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Like human genuinely beings first. care for one another. Right. And genuinely then, care for one another. You're a human. I'm yeah. a human. Yeah. And that's what human rights are about. Right. It's that's, like um, it's like a what was that? What was that show you were watching last night? Something carbon. Oh, altered carbon. Altered carbon. That this is just this is like our um, what do they call it? Skin or our sleeves. Our sleeves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. These are our sleeves, but our soul, everything that we do, everything, you know, our choices, our ideas, you know, our perspectives on life, the way that we navigate, the way that we treat one another, the way that we care for ourselves and each other, that's inside of us. Yeah, that's inside. That's inside of us. Regardless of what sleeve we wear, we're still people who need one another. Like we need one another. We are interdependent by nature. Yep. Yep. We are. Yeah. So, um, I actually think that that show is a, is a good example of how humans would use that kind of power source Mm -hmm. for evil. Right. 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 Like, like all the worlds are just mega city bloated. Everybody's living forever. We've reduced the human experience to, um, consciousness. Yeah. You know, um, and um, although consciousness sounds great, you know, um, and it is great, it's great when it's in balance with with what we are. And 
what we are connected to, mm-hmm. you not know, what we can disconnect <clears throat> ourselves from and reconnect into something right. else, right? As I'm, as I'm listening, you know, just to listening to the things that you're saying about <laughs> this interconnectedness, we can, we can talk about that, and there's definitely like-minded individuals that would think that way as well, too. But there are individuals out there who believe that we are just individuals not connected to anything else but their own ideology. Well, I think we have to find room, right? That, I mean, that's the difficult piece to this. We have to find room for everybody's ideas. Mm-hmm. We have to find room for, um, you know, we have to find room for everybody's ideas and um and the rule uh, you know the rule of of all must be do no harm but what do you or how do you or do you you know what what do you do when when there are people out there who would um try to dismantle this the kind of work that we do right it's like you know i mean i lead i i'm I am the love a lot care bear <laughs> and I, I give, I, I give, I, I lead everything with love, with aloha, you know, the best way I possibly can. And there's people who are threatened by love. There's people who are threatened by the opportunity to see themselves interconnected with someone else that for their entire lives felt that was not was par human i think that um first off love is the most dangerous concept in the world because it demands change everything must change in order to practice love and 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 you have to be in constant you have to be be in the constant motion of of you know of the way life and the universe moves otherwise if you're stagnant you're you're not um you're not loving you're, you're missing something as far as how to deal with uh, with the people that would want to dismantle um, these conversations or this work. We, there, there has to be room for everybody. I mean, there's laws. There's got to be laws, you know, law. The basic laws, you know, do no harm. And if somebody's harming, well, punitive responses are certainly not going to do anything. Right, but and if there was someone that came up to our door right now and wanted to harm our family, right. I would, you know, I mean, what would you do? Um, I would do, I would do what I needed to do in order to protect us and, um, and our home and our family. Um, and, uh, yeah, I would do what I needed to yeah. do. No, I hear you. I hear you. Well, anyway, that. Um, but. Yes. <laughs> love. Love's got to be dangerous for everybody. Right. And which means that. Um, I don't know. Do you go to war in order to um, in order to fight against uh, somebody else's um, ideals that that you don't agree with and you believe are doing harm or might actually be doing harm. What kind of harm is that war going to bring? More harm. Right. Right. 
I don't know. That's love, right? You've got to, you got to, you got to stay in a place. You're not staying in a place, but you got to be willing to move and change and adapt. Yep. Well, that's aloha. That is aloha. Yeah. That's aloha. I mean, that's. I think that's our message. Is is the aloha, the accept and adaptability of to change. There's, you know, I mean. Yeah, there's just a lot, and there's a lot that comes with it. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, self reflection, a lot of daily contemplation, daily contemplation, and I think that's where also it's so important for meditation as well too. And you know, a lot of people they're like, oh yeah, when you start talking about meditation and breathing and mindfulness, then some people feel like it becomes like this metaphysical religious kind of thing. Yeah, they think it becomes woo. Yeah, it becomes this woo thing, but it's like um, we can do so much in that space between stimulus and response. Mm -hmm. You know, we can we can we can change our perspectives by just stopping and pausing and, you know, not reacting to the somatics, the emotions that's happening in our body, but stopping to take a moment to contemplate and breathe and be like, hmm. Ask, you know, ask, ask yourself questions before, you know, before you go in and, and try to inquire with other people. You know, I think it's, and then when you do go and inquire that you have the, uh, you know, the space to listen mindfully without trying to judge or change what that person is saying and, and deepen the dialogue. There's just so much, I think, that, that comes from, and that just happens in between the time that you're stimulated, you, you're, you're stimulated to the time you respond. Mm. In that tiny space, there's so much that can happen. Yeah, there's a voice that, that oh. can be heard, not in your head. In but, your heart. Right. It, I think it's in, in, in your heart that, that where you can you know, pause and breathe. And that's why it's like, you know, with, so... I always talk about, you know, that heart breathing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Explain it. So it's a, it's actually from the Institute of um, Heart Math talks about um, breathing with your heart. And so when you pause and you breathe, you imagine the energy around your heart, like when you inhale and you hold that energy just around your heart and then you exhale and you do that a couple of times and everything to just kind of like lower all of the anxiety and kind of like reduce the amount of cortisol that is jumping through your, you know, just jumping through your cells and everything, you know, just running through your bloodstreams. I think that gives that time. And, you know, it's like as you, as you breathe and pause and, you know, you think of that energy around your heart, then you imagine it. You imagine that you're, you're sharing that with other people, even the people that may have caused you harm. You know, you share that with them because hurt people hurt people, which means that these people who may be hurting us is hurting as well, too. And whatever that hurt is, you know, hopefully they can find healing in all of that. Mm. That I, I feel that's where that's where we can we can actually have the kind of healing. So when I talk about, you know, I know that you and I talk a lot about cultural healing. It starts with the individual healing because we're part of a bigger culture let me touch on on something you said just a moment ago first before we move on from that 
um, people think it's woo. Mm-hmm. And everything you just said can be construed as woo. Yeah. The part that grounds. Like woo-woo. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the, the part that. So first off, don't ever underestimate woo. Because <laughs> woo is. Woo, woo's, woo's got. There's power. Oh, it yeah, is power. Totally. That's the mana. That's the mana. Yeah. That's the chi. Yeah. That's the prana. Yeah. That, right? Like, there's a reason why every human spirit. culture has yep. those words. Absolutely. That's the force. Yep. You're still certified with the, with Institute the Institute of Heart, Heart Math, Math yes, as an I instructor. Am. Yes, I am. Yeah. So you can teach resilience and you can teach. Absolutely. There, there's real science there. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's real science there. That, that is a group of people who are um, dedicated to trying to understand the power that exists within breath and heart and right. there's an underlying idea there that consciousness is um is directly attached to um to that and here's here's the thing that is so funny right is that i went and i got all this training and everything just like with my school right it's like um just finishing up just finishing up my dissertation and everything that if you put it on the side you can forget it not to the point where you forgot completely about it, but it's like picking up a bike. Once you start getting, you know, get on it, you might be a little bit um, inadequate on the bike, but you still remember. And I feel that, you know, it's like, I don't think you ever fully forget. It's just that you need to brush up on it. Well, there, you know, there were very specific teachings out of the heart math stuff that, that both of us practice you know um breath breathing yeah breath being a big one mm-hmm. um i think that uh um i actually think that i would like to get certified um as a heart math trainer really yeah yeah i i remember when you were doing it and i think it's good you kept your certification um i think if i took it it would be an opportunity for both of us to brush up on it mm-hmm. um you know because you taught me all right. the heart math stuff so yeah, I think that I think the heart math stuff is is really interesting stuff. I think it directly relates to um, the idea of individual transformation, um, so social change through individual transformation, right. transformation, and um, and it relates because um, breath is is what you're talking about when you say the the space in between the notes, the right. the the space between trigger and response, trigger and response. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that within that tiny space, there's an entire universe of, right. um, of opportunity, of opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and with different results, with different results <laughs> and you literally get an opportunity in order to choose. Yes. Those results. Yes. And, but you have to, that's where the practice comes in, right? right? That's where you have to learn actually how to breathe, right? how to calm yourself down, how to calm your heart down. They're EM, they're their heart, the heart monitor, wave. yeah, the, the heart, heart wave, wave monitor, yeah, yeah. The heart wave monitors. I learned, I learned how to calm myself down um, mm-hmm. for the first time in years when I first started using that. I had been living in so much anxiety for so long. When you introduced that to me, uh, it took time, right? And I had to use it. It didn't take time to figure out what it was trying to teach me. You know, it was trying to teach me how to basically regulate my heart rate calm it down, um, get it into resonance. Mm-hmm. But once it was in, in, you know, and I could, and I could get there, I learned how to do it. And once I learned how to do it, I, I began applying it. It, it really changed the way I dealt with the world. Right. I mean, it's been three or four years. 
And it's been a process over the past three or four years. Lots of change. And it's and it's so powerful. And I think that's where I think that's where it's so important to, um, you know, when we bring when we bring these methodologies and these um, epistemologies into the practice of how we navigate this world, this is perfect to this. This is a perfect partnership between indigenous epistemology and Western philosophy. Because a science that comes behind of Institute of Heart Math is Western science. But laying on top aloha and breath and how this is a practice, the, the energy, the chi, the prana, these are indigenous ways of understanding and knowing the world and how we can actually overlay on how together despite where we come from and our differences that together we can create something so much greater than what we see right now. Mm-hmm. That's the, I think, I, I, I feel like that's the force, you know, like when we were talking earlier, earlier about the force that can either harm or the, um, the force that can heal. And I think that is where healing can come in in this bigger concept of what, you know, this society is calling woo woo. That's, that's, that's energy. That's power. Don't make fun of that shit. That that is like, cause it's real. Right. Right. It's real. It is, it is, it is real. So this, uh, this goes back to what you were asking me of what I wrote on my blackboard over there. Yes. Um, um, the difference between, um, Newtonian intuition and quantum intuition. What's the difference between the two? Newtonian intuition is this concept more on the philosophy side of physics, but physics professors do talk about it when they talk about how human beings relate to the natural world. They, um, many of them will, will say we relate to it with Newtonian intuition. In other words, um, you know, the, the, the weight of gravity and how things move and and Newton's laws of of uh, of how the universe works and like you're pushing that mic away from your face right now and it's moving away from you and you knew how to do that because we work within Newtonian intuition you have Newtonian intuition when it comes to how to move an object in space time that's Newtonian intuition I've actually heard the ones that I've heard talk about um, uh, Newtonian intuition. I've heard them talk about how humanity was not designed to have quantum intuition. Quantum intuition is the, is the, that humans could understand and have intuition about how um, the quantum realm works and, and work within the, um, the, the laws and the chaos. Explain the quantum realm. Well, so well, that's a that's a big question. In the basic sense, you know, the quantum realm is the realm below the atomic realm. It's it's uh, it's where the mat where matter and material that we live within seems to coalesce or come together or resonate um, into form. It's a world that exists within a wave of potentiality, but it collapses into a singular um, reality when the observer observes the, the wave. So when the observer observes the wave function 
of, of the universe, which is a wave of potentiality, it, the wave function collapses into a, a singular reality. So are you talking, I mean, it sounds like um, this is a space in between the notes. This is the space in between the notes. I actually do think that um, humans have quantum intuition and humans have Newtonian intuition. Right. We've been, we've, we live and breathe and walk the, around this world and drive and, and go get our mail all with Newtonian intuition. But what you're talking about and the indigenous ways of knowing and being can teach us um, are these different ideas and aspects that are all really kind of very similar, very similar, of how to um, tap into your, your quantum intuition. Okay, so if I'm hearing you, if I'm hearing you correctly, in between... Um, in that space, the space between stimulus and response. Um, when, you, when you become stimulated by an event, right? An mm-hmm. event outside of you, that's the Newtonian part of it. Yes. So the, so the event happens outside of you. It affects you in a way where in that moment you can make a choice to either react to, to the stimulus. I mean, well, you'll react to it, but how you react to the stimulus, you have a choice where the outcome can be very different. But in that minute, in that second of even creating a choice, is the quantum reality. Yeah, it's the quant it's it, yeah, it's our quantum intuition. I mean, a quantum intuition. Yeah. Mm. That's deep. Yeah. Thanks. That's deep. Oh, I appreciate that. Did you come up with that concept concept yourself? Not alone. I I I'd listen to other physics professors um talk about talk about mm-hmm. all these concepts and these ideas and there's some great there's some great podcasts out there. There's great there's some great lectures. There's some and, amazing YouTube and see videos. How, see how see how deep it could get just between stimulus and response. It's well, it, so it's deep. In, it's infinite. I mean if you yes. wanna if you wanna now dive into the woo, right? Mm-hmm. If you wanna dive into the woo right. and and uh and swim around, um um well, it's infinite. Oh it, my gosh, because from there you can also look at that your choices The choices that you make is really dependent on your upbringing, your your um, exposure to the world around you, which could be very, very small or huge. Right. So these um, your decisions will be based off of your experiences and where you experience those and who you experience them with and all of that. So that's yes. And it goes way back and way back and way back and way back. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, I think that's where some people can get, you know, they talk about, you know, falling down the rabbit hole is because it's just like, you can just keep digging and unearthing things. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that. Uh, yeah. You can do that. Theoretically and conversationally. Mm-hmm. We can't quite do that um, scientifically yet. 
right? Like science, science has limits, um, uh, boundaries that are purposely put there in order to stop and limit, um, right. The progression of idea mm-hmm. because it's got to be, you've got to use, you know, you've got to use the scientific method. You've yeah. got to hypothesize yeah. and theorize, yep. test, yep. um, you know, then that has to be tested by somebody else independently. Mm-hmm. And, and those two results have to be independently proven. Right. And until that happens, there's a part in the, in the, um, in the uh, scientific method that they did not teach us in high school. And that is independently proven and then argue the shit out of it, chase other scientists out of their field and, and call people scientific heretics and <laughs> publish articles that, you know, burn down their house. And, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. We don't, we, we don't talk about that. It, well, this has been, um, we, we, we kind of like went all over the place like we normally do. We no, we went like more a, all over the place today, I think. Yeah. Which is fine. And, you know, and I think that's, a, that, that's one of the beauties of conversation mm-hmm. is that you can, you can, like, sit with one person and have um, multiple conversations. Well, you can't do that with everyone. You know, some people, it's like you try talking about this kind of stuff and they're going to look at you like you're nuts. But I'm glad I have the opportunity to come home to somebody like-minded can go into these deep conversations like this is the norm for us <laughs> yeah this is well it, yes this is i think this is what we strive for we have normal conversations like everybody else like did you get the mail <laughs> or um okay we got to pay bills right um, what's for dinner <laughs> it's weird that you that you left after me this morning but you didn't do the dishes it's strange <laughs> It's been a it's been a tough week. I mean, it's like I don't think the dish, you just did the dishes. You did a week's worth of dishes, huh? No, it wasn't that bad. Um, it wasn't that bad. We 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 cook we cook a lot, right? We eat yes. in a lot, you know. So, yeah. I mean, our kitchen's got to be clean fairly yeah. regularly. I don't know if you notice, but when the two of us are just done, tired, <laughs> worked, right? Um, you know, and, and it's a Thursday, we stop doing the dishes and we also stop eating in. Oh yeah. Because when, when you call and and you're like, Hey babe, are you going to make dinner? I'm like, I don't want to make dinner. (laughs) What I'm really saying is, is I don't want to clean the kitchen and make dinner because we didn't do it last night. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. That's why, that's why there's all of these different, um, it's so bad. It is so bad. Talk about consumerism, right? It's like all these things. It's like because we become so busy in our lives, we have these other people where you can, you know, order food and they they would send you 30 days of frozen food that they made. And it's like you can and you can choose if, if you're doing keto or paleo or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There is these programs now that people will send you the stuff and all you got to do is cook it up. I don't think any of them are making money. How do you know? I well, bet you Blue Apron are. just uh, just went up for sale. Oh, did really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how long those places. Oh my or, you know, what will happen is they'll just, you know, Amazon there's, will buy them. Right, and, and there's and like there's some other things out there too yeah. because I was like on social media and I saw that you know it's like what because we're doing keto, and there's this one company that it's like they will send you all of the ingredients like. 
you know, for the meal. Maybe you have to like just get the chicken or steak or whatever. But everything is there, and all you have to do is just like cook it up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> pay a hundred and forty seven dollars a month for a box of spices. No, you have the vegetables. It's oh, and the yeah. vegetables. Yeah, yeah. those are better. Oh my god! But but can you imagine? It's like where did these vegetables come from? I'm too good of a. They're probably really well sourced. I, I would imagine. I bet I bet you oh. can totally get a CSA um, food delivery program. You know probably. where your local farmer and his wife prep the. Food I think what for we need to and, do is that we just need to like you know buck up and you know Thursday night comes around and we just have to like push do the through. dishes. <laughs> We gotta do push the dishes. And do the dishes. It's like that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much it. Is just do the dishes. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna end on that note because we've got some dishes to do. <laughs> I'm doing a repeat of something that I did a number of years ago. Actually, when I was 30, so 17 years ago. I'm 47 years old, and I'm about to make this quite serious transition in my life where I'm going to be working full time to um, try and get our content um, out more often. And uh, we've got some books coming up and, but in order to uh, do that successfully and, and uh, make sure that um, I'm moving in a direction that I feel like is, well, is personal transformations in order to be able to make um, a social change in order to contribute socially, you know, I'm going to uh, um, go back to something that I had done um, 17 years ago. It's called the regiment, um, run your race. Uh, back then, it was a daily run that I would do with uh, uh, a group of guys. It was a 12-week deal, um, and we'd run around a, a lake about three miles. And I had to teach many of these guys how to run um, for the first time. So since it's been 17 years, um, and I... Uh, uh, and I'm basically relearning how to run now. I'm using those techniques um, and making a daily video on it. And uh, and so Monday through Friday, I'll be making a video for the YouTube channel. And I'll be doing it for the next 12 weeks starting Monday. That sounds great. I'm so proud of you, baby love. Be proud of me after I do it. <laughs> Don't be proud of me because I say I'm going to do it. Like when we when no, we see, three rolls around and I'm like, man, eh, I'm good. But, but here's the thing is that you called that out. You said it. Yeah. You said it. That takes a lot for anybody to do because now that you said it, you have to like hold yourself accountable I, to what you said. And I that yeah, I'm proud that. of you. Oh, thank you for thank oh, you. Thanks, I, honey love. I feel trapped. I'm starting <laughs> to feel claustrophobic. All right. Okay, let's wrap this up. All right, everyone, have a very good day. Aloha. Be accountable to your aloha and responsible for it as well, too. Take care, everybody.